want to write it across to our hearts, and we want to let it be our guide every day. So that's kind of one of the things we want to do for the coming year. Now, this morning, we want um, you to find those around you. If you're, if you're new and visit, or visiting to, with us today, we're glad that you're here. You're our special guest. And so everybody turn around, shake hands, get out and greet one another and say, God bless you. Welcome to Stratford Heights.
holy God. And we lift you up in this place, Lord. The name above all names, the King above all kings. We worship your holiness, Lord. represent by an uplifted hand, you can do that right now. The Lord sees all of our needs the same way.
because he has overcome. Amen. Because he conquered death, hell, and the grave, we don't fear any of those things, do we? The Bible is clear to point out that we are more than, more than, we're overcomers through the blood of Jesus Christ, through the power that has come through his resurrection. We are alive today. That is why they can shut us down. They can vote us out. They can make laws to shut us up. But they will never, ever conquer the power of Christ alive in this earth. He is the Savior, the Lord of glory. The Bible says he's king of all kings. He's Lord of lords. I'm not supposed to preach right now. I'm telling you, it feels good in here. Thank you, choir. Thank you, praise team. Thank you, Adriana, for leading this weekend. She has been doing a great job the last couple of weeks. So proud of her. If you're watching Gary Turner, you better watch out. <laughs> we love you, Gary. Gary's recuperating from surgery. If you didn't know that, he, he's been down at Christmas time, so we want to keep him in our prayers couple of different needs I want to bring to your attention this morning. We're still praying a week later for little Charlie. Little two-year-old girl down in ICU at Children's Hospital in Cincinnati. She needs a miracle and God has done some wonderful things and there have been some signs along the way that he's very aware and very there. But how many of you know we're going to be like that woman who stood there knocking on the judge's door. We're just going to keep knocking until we see what we want. We're not going to give in. We're not going to stop praying. We're going to believe that God's going to bring a miracle to this little child. Now, there are hundreds of people here today. We've already prayed for her in the 830 service, and I'm believing we're going to add a couple hundred more prayers right now. And they've got families and friends praying all over the world, and we're joining with them right now. I want us to do that. We're also going to pray for the Ellis family. Reverend Dan Ellis passed away last night after preaching. I understand this is, is Peggy Goodloe here. I see her. There she is. Peggy, this is your brother-in-law. My goodness. Well, we want to pray for this family, for your sister, for their family, and for Peggy. I want to lift them up today. But you know what? Wow. To go from preaching the gospel to walking in the gospel, <laughs> walking right into the streets of gold. I'd do anything in the world to be him right now. That'd be awesome. But I know that, that there's an empty chair this morning. There's a lot of broken hearts. How many of you know that not only is he the healer and the deliverer, but he is also the comforter. 
is an ever-present help in the time of our trouble. And so we pray for Sister Ellis, this family, that God will be with them. We're also praying for Lonnie Helton, who has been who went to the ER last night with what he thought was the flu. He's ended up in ICU with a virus as they, that has attacked his heart. So we want to pray for him. As you know, he lost his wife this last year, and he has had a tough year. I want us as a church to remember him specifically. And how many of you have said you had a, a need earlier? You, you lifted your hand, acknowledging to God that he knows every detail. He said, cast your cares upon me, because he cares for us, right? Let's go before him in prayer for these needs. Father, as we come, we ask your work and your will to be accomplished in these situations. We bring to you as a congregation. We ask you to minister to little Charlie. We lift her up to you, God. We thank you that we have seen your hand in her life. And God, you've been made yourself very aware in your presence in different circumstances. And we thank you for this. We're asking again this morning that you will continue to touch her. That, Lord, you will heal her little body. We're praying in the name of Jesus against disease, against reports, and asking your work, your will to be accomplished in the name of Jesus Christ. Not because of who we are, but because of who you are. Not because we've asked, but because you are the one who paid the price. We ask these things to give you the glory and to give you the honor and you all the praise. We pray for the Ellis family this morning. We lift them up to you. We pray as a church that you will touch this family that has ministered and given their lives to the gospel. I praise you and I thank you for Brother Ellis who stands in your presence this morning. We pray in the name of Jesus that you will touch his family, that you'll minister to them comfort that can only come from the precious Holy Spirit. So we ask these things knowing that you are a God who is ever-present in our time of need. We ask, Lord, to touch Brother Helton. We ask you to minister to his body physically, to touch all of these people, the hands that went up, every circumstance before you. We bring them to you, God, and we ask in the name of Jesus Christ for deliverance, for healing, for guidance, for your provision. We ask, Lord, for your restoration. We ask for your peace, your presence most of all. We ask all of this in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. And everyone together agreed and said, amen. Please remain standing as Richard comes now as we seek the peace of Israel. And if you would, join with me as we pray for the nation of Israel today. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we praise you and thank you. God, for the work that you've done in Israel in 2014, and God, what we believe and know that you are going to do in 2015. God, we recommit again that we are going to take care of our brothers and sisters and do as the, the word commands us, that we're going to pray for peace in Israel, that you'll be with them, that you'll touch them, God, that you'll bless them, that you'll guard their borders, their families, their homes, God, their lives. We just pray that you'll protect them and be with them in the name of Jesus. God, do a beautiful, wonderful work. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. As our ushers are coming and preparing for our giving this morning, I want to thank you for a year of your trustworthy giving. The Bible teaches us to bring your tithe into the storehouse and your offerings, and you've done that, and I appreciate you. We are at a place in our church this next year where we celebrate 100 years. You look pretty good for 100. Some of you need a little wrinkle cream, but other than that, no. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. We are delighted to have, is it Bart Green? Bart, you're the, the son of Sister Peggy and Dan Rundell. 
and we uh, appreciate you visiting and being with us today. You're a special guest for us. Um, as we give today, we're reminded of what the scripture teaches. He loves a cheerful, I don't know, about five of you knew what that was. He loves a cheerful giver. Brian said it best quite a few months ago, and, and I've not been able to top it since. I've been trying my best to, uh, to try to top this, it, but he spoke one morning, and it made the difference. It just blew me away with just the simplicity of his statement. He said, God is a giver, amen, and he is a lover. And so the two very things, when we know God, when we want to be God, like God, and we want to our image, his image to be in us, you know, one of the things that comes out of us automatically as we know him is that we're givers and we're lovers. So they'll know us by our love, and he'll know us by our gifts. As we give today, let's give honor to the one who has blessed us. How many of you would testify on this last Sunday of 2014, I am blessed, I am blessed Thank God I am blessed. Amen. Thank you for those of you that will be giving. I would remind you today that this is the last Sunday morning for your gifts uh, before we move into the 2015 time. So if you're looking to, to give one more time before the end of the year, then we want to make sure you understand and know that this is that day. And uh, Judy would also work with you if you need her before the 31st. Let's pray. Our Father, as we come before you, we thank you for your provision in our lives, for how that, Lord, when we need a job, you provide a job. When we need bread on the table, you provide for your people. Lord, you've always taken care of your people, and we are blessed today. We go through times of need, but we always have found that you are there. You lead us and you guide us to that place where we are blessed. We thank you for this today. Now, we ask you as we give, we ask you to bless. Bless missionaries around the world as our loose offerings will go to them. We ask you to touch their lives and minister to their needs, especially at this end of the year. I pray in the name of Jesus you'll use us to meet needs in, the, in their need, of wherever they are in the field of ministry. And Lord, I pray that you will touch our givers, those who are faithful to pay their tithes, that, that trust this storehouse. Lord, I praise you and I thank you for their faithfulness and for their gifts. I pray this coming year that there will be great blessings on your people. Lord, we're able to do more as they are blessed. So I pray in the name of the Lord that you will bless them, promote them, give them opportunities, Lord, to grow in their own occupations and business. I pray in the name of Jesus for blessings that will be used to further the gospel's kingdom work. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.
Hallelujah. How many of you would stand and say this morning, he is faithful? Come on now, I mean it. You know he is faithful to a thousand generations. He's faithful. I don't even hardly know how I could stand there. I was trying, I didn't, I wanted to run, and I'm not a runner. Because he has been faithful when I have not been faithful. And don't stand there pointing a finger at me. You weren't faithful either. But God has been faithful in spite of you, in spite of me. He's as sure as the sun coming up in the morning. You fail a hundred times, God will never fail. He will never forsake you. He will never leave you. He'll be with you to the very end of the age. He will never fail. Oh, I wish I could be more like him. Don't you? Don't you? Don't you wish you could be more faithful? Don't you wish you were more authentic, more real? Come on, somebody, hear me today. I'm not pointing fingers and judgment I'm asking this do we really really want what we got in here this morning or did we just come by here because it's the thing to do are we here today because we truly believe that he's at the right hand of the father we absolutely believe that he is the lord of lords and the king of all kings we truly believe that he rose from the dead that he purchased salvation. And on that day or that night or that camp meeting, that youth camp, wherever it was for you, you got up from an altar having accepted him into your life and right then and there your name was written in the Lamb's book of life. Do you believe that this morning? Do you believe it? Oh, he's faithful. He's faithful. Hallelujah. Lord, you've been faithful. Oh, my Lord, you're faithful. You've taken me through the valleys. You've taken me to the top of the mountains. I've seen the good of the land and I've dealt with the sorrow. But oh God, in it all, you have always been there. Every day of my life, I'm trying to give you praise, to give you honor for all that you've done for me. I don't demand anything. I don't expect anything. I don't deserve anything. I've come into your house this morning to worship. I've come in your house this morning because I believe. I believe that you are faithful. And one day I'll stand in your presence with the elders and the angels of God. One day I'll stand right there and I'll see you with my eyes. I'll hear you with my own ears.
my faith, my faith will become sight. And I'll cry with the angels, I'll cry with the saints, I'll cry with the numbers of thousands and thousands and millions of people. And I'll only have one, one thing to say, worthy is the Lamb. Worthy is the Lamb to receive honor and power and glory and riches and wisdom. Glory to God. For he is faithful. My Lord. The power of the Holy Spirit is here and He's challenging us today. We're getting ready for 2015. Going to be the baddest, biggest year we've ever had in this church. If you got problems, get over yourself. If you got an issue, get it in the altar. If you need to forgive somebody, get it done. It's time to throw the garbage down. Get up and start moving the kingdom for God's work. It's time for us to be the church of the living God. It's time to rise up. There's a whole bunch of itching ears out there. There's a lot of places filling up this morning because everybody's telling them what they want to hear. I'm here to tell you this morning. There is only one blood-filled gospel, and that is Jesus Christ dying on a cross to bring a transformation in your life. If you've not been transformed, you've not been touched, you've not been changed by God. I'm telling you, He promises you more than a half-in, half-out, half-hearted kind of wishy-washy experience. He's promised to give you a life completely transformed and changed. If you haven't experienced that yet, no wonder you're so discouraged. No wonder you're so disheartened, disillusioned, and deceived. But I'll say it again, and I said it a moment ago. God has not ever failed, ever. He's not failed you, sir. Get over it. He's not failed you, madam. Grow up. It's time to let the work of the kingdom Arise! We ought to be more on fire in this hour than we have ever been in the history of this 100-year-old church. Because we, I believe with all my heart, and I need an amen if somebody agrees with me, we are the church, I believe, to see the coming of the Lord. I believe it with all of my heart. You've got to get out of your wishy-washiness you got to get out of your mamby pambiness you got to get out of your wet noodleness. You wear a bow tie, you'll get bold too. <clears throat> you got to get over yourself. Start doing what's right. I'm not even preaching my message, but I'm preaching what's in my heart. Grow up. Get up. Do something. Roll your sleeves up. Get to work. We got work to do. There's lost, dying, and hurting in this world. And you're sitting on your old little offended seat. You won't move for nothing or nobody. God help you. But I'll tell you what I got to say. I got great advice for you. Get over yourself. Grow up. It's time for the church to become strong. It's time for the church to arise. It's time for this city to say, what's going on up there? What's happening up there on that hill? 
telling you, I believe it this morning. I feel fire all the way to my feet. I've decided this morning all the way here, change. It's time to change. Oh, I don't like change. Well, sit down, sweetheart. We'll let you know what happens. We're fixing to change. We're going to be challenged like never before. We're going to do God's work. We're not going to do your work. We're going to do God's work. I'll say that again. We're not going to do your work. We're going to do God's work. We're going to get busy doing the things of the kingdom, the things that really matter. We're going to prove to this city that Jesus Christ came to the earth, that he lived and died and rose again from the dead. We're going to prove that he's at the right hand of the Father. We're going to prove that he's coming again. Why? How? They'll know it. They'll know it when they see the love in our hearts and the giving nature of our spirit. I ought to write this down. That's a good message. Alyssa, that's good. You can write a song for that one. But praise God this morning. As we move into this 100 years, I make a promise to you, I'm going to do my very best to be the best pastor you've ever had. I prayed this morning and I told the Lord, I said, Lord, I'm going to pretend like this is my very first day and I got a lot of work to do. I'm going to work hard. I'm going to stay up late and get up early. I'm going to do everything in my power to minister to the babies, to the children, to the teenagers. I want to minister to the young marrieds and the young adults. And I want to minister to the middle-agers. And I want to minister to the seniors. And I want to minister to the shut-ins. And I want to minister to the people out in the community. I want to find them wherever they're hiding and they're hurting. And I want every one of us to have a burden to lift them up and to put a brand new smile on their face because we don't give them our answer to life. We give them His. How many of you know we've got the answer to the whole world right here in our midst? We got the answer to everything. They're in New York City trying to figure out how to control the protesting and the rioting and the killing. And they're sad as they go to the funerals. All I kept thinking as watching yesterday was, oh, they need the Prince of Peace. He's already here. Peace is already here. I got it. You got it? I got it right here in my heart. What are you lacking for, sir? Why are you so disillusioned? Why are you so weak in your faith? Why are you so unfaithful to God? He's given you everything. You have everything you will ever need right here in this very room. The presence of the Lord. That's all you need. You don't need nothing else. You've got the answer to every problem you'll ever have in your life. You don't know what I've been through. I don't care. It doesn't matter how deep it goes or how high it took you. All that matters is that you grab hold of him. I see a picture. I see a picture of Peter. Peter, as he looks out across that troubled sea, and he says, Jesus, Lord, if that's you, bid me to come to you on this water. He literally asked, Lord, if it's you, then I need supernatural. I need a supernatural miracle right now. Jesus looked at him as he looks at every one of us in here today.
Jeffy looks at every one of us and he says this. He says, that's all he ever said when he looked up at heaven and said it is finished the next thing that comes out of his mouth is come 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 Peter got up out of that boat he took that can you imagine that first step got out of that boat He could stand on top of that. Telling him there ain't a problem you got. There ain't a problem that's come your way. There ain't a person that's hurt you or offended you so deeply that you can't walk on top of it. You can get your freedom. It's here. The peace of God is here. The power of God is here. Joy, unspeakable and full of glory is right in front of you. You've got it all. If you'll just come. If you'll just come. You've got to respond. You've got to do something. You can't just sit there. You can't just sit there. You've got to position yourself. If I want to get in under the rain, there's sometimes in the summertime I'm real weird. I'll see a downpour. I love it. I'll go out in the backyard. I just get drenched. I love it. It's weird, I know. But if you want what God has already brought to the earth, it's there for the taking. You are living weak, angry, bitter, mad, offended. Why? Why? What shall separate me from the love of God? Neither height, nor depth, nor principality, nor angels, nor devils. Nothing in heaven, nothing below the earth. Nothing. What shall separate me? Nothing shall separate me from the love of God. You got everything you need. You got the answer to every problem. It's all right here for you. Hear this old weird dramatic preacher. God has ordained and stopped this entire service just for you. You are here today and you need, you need what God is speaking to you right now. We need some folks in this church. I, oh, Jeff, mm. I've got to be careful. I still got to go home. And then I got to wrestle with me all day long. We need some folks that would, would take this, this gospel message seriously that will take the work of the kingdom seriously we need some volunteers to get involved in the battle to win the lost in this city when Christ left he looked at us and he said because I go away they're going fast What does that mean? He knew that we were going to need everything we could get to do the work that he did. 
And he said, greater works will you do. Greater works will you do. You mean we'll do bigger things than Jesus? No, we'll do more. Because there's so many of us. God wants to use you. God's been trying to use your talent. He's been trying to use your gift. He's been trying to use you for a long time. But you sit there. Any number of reasons why, but you sit there. Today is a fresh start. Today is a brand new day, a brand new year, a brand new challenge. Yesterday is over. It doesn't matter about yesterday. What matters is right now, right here. Own up. Stand up. Accept the challenge. Get out there and be what God intended you to be. Let God use you. Let God use you. There have been miracles. There are miracles waiting for you to get out there where it's raining. Set yourself up in position and let it pour. But you missing the rain. Oh, I need to write this down. You're missing the rain. You're out of position. You're not where you should be and you know it. You're uncomfortable. You're upset most of the time. You're a whiner and a complainer and a grump. Everybody knows it. They just put up with you. You're out of position. You need to get in the rain this morning. For he's been faithful. Come here, sing it for me, Kathy. Oh, he's been. He's never failed. He's never let you down. He doesn't deserve. He doesn't deserve how that you've treated his gospel and his work in your life. He's always been there. Sing it, Kathy. Could I get you to do something really out of order this morning? Would you get out from where you are and meet me in the altar real quick? Just get out. Anybody who's hungry, anybody who wants the rain, anybody who's tired of doing it halfway, get out of your seat and just meet me here in the altar.
worship you this morning, Lord. We honor you today, Jesus. Do the work in us. We give ourselves wholly, completely to you, Lord. Oh, take every part of us, God. We don't care what people think. We're not worried about what people will say. Lord, we just give everything to you. Oh, hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We honor you this morning in the moving of your spirit. Oh, Holy Spirit, you're challenging us. You're calling us into a higher place. You're moving in us, Lord, and we thank you for it. We honor the presence we feel in this place. Thank you, Jesus. You can be seated. I've got 20 minutes. I'm going I'm to wrap it up in just a few minutes. Your reservation is till 12 noon, so I've got you for 20 more minutes. Not allowed to check out early. Thank you, choir. The Lord used you this morning. 
The Lord's using you. Lay your hands on Pam right where you are. Cindy, go over and lay hands on Pam. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. God, she's yours. In the name of the Lord, we thank you, Father. We honor you today. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. When no one seems to care, he's faithful. want to give the Lord praise this morning. If you stumbled in here this morning, welcome to Stratford Heights. You see, we, and I, I've learned, I make no apologies for the moving of the Holy Spirit this morning. You see, what today is about is it's getting us ready for what I believe is going to be the, one of the greatest years in the history of this church. I'm claiming it, naming it. I'm being charismatic about it. I'm asking him. I'm pleading with him. I'm begging with him to give us the best year we've ever had. I want you to be a part of that, not an observer of that. I want you to be a part of that. I'm going to call on you. We're going to call on you to work. We're going to call on you to be a part. We're going to ask you to take up arms and help us in this battle to win the lost in this community. I want our church to be so busy doing the kingdom work that we don't even have time to sit down and be in the mullet We don't have time to be depressed. Depressed is going to knock on your door and you're going to say, I don't have time. Get out of here. Not messing with you anymore. We're going to get strong in the power of the Lord. We're going to get mighty in Him to the pulling down of strongholds. We're going to get strong in Him. We're going to find ourselves able to leap over tall buildings with a single bow. Although that's Superman. We're going to. Thought I was quoting scripture for a minute. There is a scripture that says, I'll leap over a wall and run through a troop. When my enemies come against me, I will rise up in the power of the Lord and I will conquer. Because his word promises me I will, you will. I'm challenging you as our pastor. I'm challenging you. Because you know, I, notice what I said, I'm challenging you as our pastor. I've been really praying the last couple of weeks because I've been like, Pastor, I don't have a, Lord, I don't have a pastor. I am the pastor, and I don't have one. And, I th and you know what the Lord spoke gently to me? He said, 
the calling is pastoring you. So I'm challenging us as a church, as our pastor, into the, a deeper place, a stronger place than you and I have ever been before. I believe, and Brother Charlie confirmed it in the altar, he pulled on my arm just a few moments ago, and he spoke something to me. He said, God wants to do something here amazing. He wants to do something that is huge. He said, some folks are not going to stay because it's going to be so different. He said, but it's going to be God. He said, it's going to be similar to what you have seen in Brownsville. He said, well, God's going to do something in this church. And you know what? At first I thought, oh, that's precious. And then the Holy Spirit said, you doubt me? You doubt that I can pack this place out? That the lost, I can send them like fish into the net? You don't think I can do that? That when the hungry are searching, when they're looking, when they're starving for truth, that I won't send them to a lighthouse I've anointed? He said, get yourself in position for the rain. That's what I felt. I walked all the way over here, and I just was having a little wrestling match with the Lord. I'm going to believe him for big things. I'm going to believe him for the biggest things. I'm going to believe him for God things. Because I'm tired of man things. I'm tired of man-made programs. I'm tired of man-made junk. I'm tired of man-made philosophy and man-made sermons. I'm tired. I'm telling you, I'm at the place right now where I want a burning bush experience for Stratford Heights Church of God. I want the power of the Holy Spirit that guides and directs and puts a flame, a fire in the ministers. I've challenged every one of our pastors, all of our teachers, all of our directors. I challenge every one of us to a place we've never been before. I want to move forward. I want to move forward in an unashamed kind of stance where we absolutely are ready for the reign of God to fall on this house. It starts with a challenge that I don't want to miss. I've, I've got the preach on me. Can you tell? <laughs> Janelle, you might need to start playing again. I'll calm down if you do that. Whenever, whenever you need me to calm down, just look at her and say, do it. She'll play something and I'll immediately go into a song or something. But I want to challenge you this morning. It's all right to laugh in church. It's all right to have fun. I want to have fun too. I told Cameron last night, I picked him up at the airport and I said, you know what? I want to have fun this year. I want to have fun. I want to, I want to laugh all year long. I want to be filled with the power of God. I want to see ministries explode. I want to see things happen. He said, man, let's get to work. I said, let's get to work. I said, let's get Richard. Let's get Gary. Let's get all the ministers, all the pastors. Let's get them all together and tell them, if you're not here to have fun, get out. If you're not here to see good things, great things, awesome things, then get off the team. I want to get to the place where we can't hardly stand ourselves because of the joy in here, because of the peace in here, because of the unity in here. You know, we can do anything if we'll just get unified, if we'll just start right there. You know, if we'll put aside all of our troubles and all of our doubts. Let me tell you something. There, there's something to be said for calling a church to a church-wide fast. And that's what I want to do before I get you. I've got 13 minutes. And I want to I challenge you to something 
that I've, I've got 23 pages typed here that I've prepared. And I'm just going, however many weeks it takes me, it'll probably take me two weeks, I'd say. I'll pick up next week and start off with this, and I'll finish talking about the fast found in Isaiah chapter 58. If you find Isaiah chapter 58, we'll be ready to go. Don't know if I'll get on that this morning, but I will either today touch on it, if I got time, or we'll pick it up next week. But I want you to be ready from where we're getting, because starting next Sunday, I want us to begin a calling a public fast. Now, there are private fasts. There, there are the, your personal fasting with God is between you and God. But a leader, a pastor, he has a right. Scripture, he's, there are times when they've called a solemn assembly and they've called a public fast. They've called the people to consecrate themselves. I'm calling you as our pastor. I'm calling our church. Corey, it's good to see you. Good to see you too, sweetheart. How you doing? I need to stop visiting. Okay. I'm calling our church to a church-wide fast. A public fast. A public fast in this way means this. I'm not going to tell you how you are going to fast, but I'm going to call a public fast to our church for a couple of reasons. Number one, how many of you know the devil needs to be put on notice that Christ is alive and well in this place? We need to see the power of God. I'm tired of weak, weak church stuff, churchy stuff. Tired of that. You already know how I feel about religious stuff. I don't like anything that smells churchy religiousy. I love stuff that looks Holy Ghost filled Christian. But I don't like all that churchy stuff. That doesn't mean I don't like tradition. Because I love traditions. Tonight, wonderful time we're going to come together. Hundreds come to the church. And last year, we know some of you waited 20, 30 minutes and it was a little hot and it was a little, it was long, so we worked hard to reorganize and to rework that so that tonight when you come in, you can just float down to the altar and float right back out and you can have family communion and it'll be a good night for you. Come tonight. It's a sacred time, a traditional time. It's over 2,000 years old. And pray over your family, anoint them with oil. We're going to share communion with just your family. And then we're going to pray over you for the new year and send you, to, send you home. It's one of the most powerful times of the year we've ever had. People come, they bring their relatives, they bring cousins, they bring friends, they bring neighbors. They just bring them to stand in with their family, and that's all right. Anybody comes, and you're welcome. I believe in the godly things, the good things. There are a public fast is voluntary. Understand this. Nobody's forcing you to fast. That's not biblical. It's not correct. God does not force anyone to fast. It's a voluntary action on your part. You can be a part or not be a part. You can do it or not do it. It's between you and God. And, and it's not that God's going to love you more if you do it or love you any less because you don't. He loves you just the same. So get that out of your mind because some people are like, well, I feel so guilty, Pastor. I can't, I just can't do this or do that. Or Don't worry about it. But for those who will, I'm calling us to a public church-wide fast. How long will you fast? I'm asking us to start January 4th, which is next Sunday, and we'll go all the way to the 24th. That's 21 days. 
We know that's, that's what we have heard and learned and through the media and through Jensen Franklin, who has done a God-anointed work. We have learned the, the power of once again has hit the church concerning fasting. 21 days for those of you who will be doing, and most people will be doing what we know is a Daniel fast. The first 10 days, he did nothing but fruits and vegetables and water. I'm going to do something very similar to that the first 10 days. I'm just going to follow what Daniel did. But I know others are going to do different kinds of fasts. That's okay. I just want us to collectively, publicly declare a church-wide fast. There are different kinds of fasts. You can do the Daniel fast. You can do a partial fast. You can do a no food fast. But if you do that, don't go much longer than three days. If you go longer than that, you might, well, you probably need to talk to your doctor even after three days. I don't know. But you need to talk to somebody concerning whether that's appropriate or right for you. God wants you to trust him, but at the same time, he wants you to be wise. And if you have sugar diabetes or if you have a disease where you have to have certain foods, you, we got to make sure you're okay and you can do what you can do and God will help you. So you'll work out a partial fast. But we are calling a partial fast, a full fast, a 21-day fast. 21 days. I'm going to fast 21 days. I'm challenging you to fast three days, 14 days, 10 days, 21 days. Don't go 40 days. If you go 40 days like people have, I'm, we'll be having your service at the end unless God has told you. Now, if God wakes you up in the middle of the night and gives you a dream, says do 40 days, then you better do it. He's going to sustain you. He's going to keep you. And when you're done, the angels of God are going to minister to you. But I'm calling us to a church-wide fast. During the fast, it's also important that you understand, and part of what I'm going to be speaking about over the next at least two weeks, is we're going to be talking about that position, putting ourselves in position to where we can see the results of a fast. Now, you you got to hear what I'm saying and what I'm not saying. I love what Jensen Franklin said not to, I think it was a year or two ago when he preached on fasting. He said, fasting is not about manipulating God. It's not about demanding from God. It's not about pulling on God's coattail to get God to do something. You see, that's not what fasting is about. Fasting is about you. Fasting puts you in a position where the things you thought, the things you felt, the things you were so determined and sure about are suddenly clearly revealed to you as wrong. And you are in this position now where you can sense, feel, and hear God. So then you're in position to be blessed. So when people say, oh, I fasted for so long and the answer came and God healed this or God did that or delivered that, it isn't because they got God's attention and made God heal them because they fasted. It was because they got in the position where in their life they now represented the holiness and the righteousness of God and His glory. And they were positioned in a place where they could receive from God. You see, sometimes we don't get it. We pray for things that we don't have any right to pray for. Because we're not living a righteous life. Oh, that's right. You guys are one of them holiness churches. You better believe it. I believe in the old time holiness preaching of the word of God. 
I believe that there is a right way to live. And when Christ comes into your life, he will transform you and change you. He will turn you upside down. He will change the way you feel, the way you think. I know I went down to be saved one way. And when I got up, I felt a whole different new way. I was a brand new creature in Christ Jesus. Old things had passed away. Behold, all things had become new. That's what he does. If you don't have that kind of experience, then you need to position yourself. And it starts at the foot of the cross where we see the sacrifice of Christ. We acknowledge him and we receive him into our life as Lord of our lives. Lord of our lives. You see, that comes down to the big problem. You see, a lot of people claim to say they're following Jesus. Sister Boyer, they'll say, I'm, I'm following Jesus. But technically what they're really saying when they get up from an altar or a camp meeting or a youth camp or they pray that prayer, they get up and what they've really done is they've decided to let Jesus follow them. You see, when, when you're determined that things need to be your way, in your time, that you're in control, that God answers your prayer, that God does it your way, then you're expecting that he'll, he'll be right there following behind you as you lead. But if I'm following Christ, see, as a follower of Christ, then I'm saying, I give my life, my wills, my way, my thoughts, my hopes, my prayers. I give them to you. Nevertheless, Thy will be done. Then God says, thank you. Now you're in position for the right way. You see, that's the big mysterious secret. When you position yourself and you give God everything, he then turns around and he overwhelms you. He puts, you're in a position in that moment where he takes all your earthly ways of doing things and he turns them all into joy. And he turns them into miracles and he overwhelms you with his presence, with his power, with his reign. It's beautiful the way it works. God is a giving God. God wants you to give to him so that he can in return give back to you. I don't know why anybody wouldn't sign on. The devil does a real good job of deceiving people. He does a real good job of disillusioning people. And sometimes it's you that caused it. Sometimes because you're half-hearted, you're half in, half out, and you are the church. Sometimes because you're the church, other people don't want to be in the church. It's fun to be in this spot sometimes. And if I ever come in here wearing the bow tie, you better watch out. Because I'm on a roll. I got to be having a courageous, bold day or I wouldn't do this. Some of us, we're representing. We're representing. And it's clearly pointed out in Isaiah chapter 58, verses 1 
through 12. Go home and read that and pray to God it ain't you. I said, pray to God it ain't you. Some folks who think they're representing, but because they do nothing but whine and gripe and negative and talk about folks, judge folks, condemn folks, got an attitude a mile and a half long because they sit there like that. They are misrepresenting the truth of God's word and God's power in their life. They actually, people look at them and say, if that's Christianity, I don't want it. I've actually looked at folks before, Sandra, and I had said, I don't want what they got. If they got Jesus, I'm out of here. If that's what having Jesus is, I don't want it. And you know what? There's a lot of people in doubt and discouragement and de depression, and they don't believe, and they sit bitter lives, hurt lives out there in the world, trying to make it like the world is their answer. A good job is their answer. Getting a bigger house is their answer. A new car is their answer. They think all the answers lie in the moment. And poor them. But it might be that it was your fault. Maybe they looked at you, saw Jesus in you, and said, I don't want that. So this year, what I'm challenging us as a church to be, challenging us to be the church that Jesus put on a rock. The church that he put up on top of a rock built it and said the gates of hell itself will not prevail against this church. I want to be the, not the church of God or the Methodist or the Baptist or the United Church of Christ. I want to be the church of Jesus Christ. I want to be that church. It doesn't have a membership role, but it does have a Lamb's Book of Life. I want to be that church. And that means there's going to be a cleaning house. And those that like to get on the phone and talk trash on the pastor. Those who like to talk about how everything's going wrong. You know everybody's leaving. Yeah, I'm leaving too. When? Next year. You leaving? I'm leaving. Yeah, you leaving? Yeah, I'm leaving. Let's leave. Okay. See you at McDonald's. There's your drama skit for the day. <laughs> I want us to get authentic and real because to close, I'm actually going to read my scripture. And the scripture I'm going to preach next Sunday. So you'll have to come back next Sunday. And bring somebody with you. If every one of you brought one person, we would have this place jam-packed and have to put chairs down the wall. The church has got to be busy. The church has got to get to work. You need to bring somebody next Sunday. Gladys brought somebody, precious. Listen to this. Pray it's not you. I pray it's not me. The word came to Isaiah in Isaiah chapter 58 in the very first word. And God said to Isaiah, cry aloud. Spare not. 
lift up your voice like a trumpet. Tell my people their transgressions and the house of Jacob their sins. Yet they seek me daily. They delight to know my ways. As a nation, they actually do this as a nation that did righteousness and did not forsake the ordinance of their God. They ask of me the ordinances of justice. They even take delight in approaching me. They say, why have we fasted and you have not seen? Why have we afflicted our souls and you take no notice? In fact, in fact, in the day of your fast, you find pleasure and you exploit all your laborers. Indeed, God says, you fast for strife and debate and to strike with the fist of wickedness. You will not fast as you do this day to make your voice heard on high. Is it a fast that I've chosen? A day for a man to afflict his soul? Is it to bow down his head like a bulrush and to spread out his sackcloth in ashes? Would you call this a fast and an acceptable day to the Lord? God says no. Is this not the fast that I've chosen? To loose the bonds of wickedness, to undo the heavy burdens, to let the oppressed go free, and that you break every yoke. Is it not to share your bread with the hungry, and that you bring to your house the poor who are cast out? When you see the naked, that you cover him and not hide yourself from your own flesh and blood. Then, then your light shall break forth like the morning. Your healing shall spring forth speedily. And your righteousness shall go before you. The glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. He'll be all around you. Then you shall call and the Lord will answer. You shall cry, and he will say, here I am. If you take away the yoke from your midst, the pointing of the finger, speaking wickedness. If you extend your soul to the hungry, satisfy the afflicted soul, then your light shall dawn on the darkness, and your darkness shall be as the noonday. The Lord will guide you continually. Satisfy your soul in drought. Strengthen your bones. And I love this. You shall be like a watered garden, and like a spring of water whose waters do not fail. Those from among you shall build the old waste places. You shall raise up the foundations of many generations. You shall be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of streets to dwell in. This is the fast God calls. This is the fast as pastor of this church that I call for us to get real, 
get authentic, put ourselves in position to where God can water his garden so that he can flourish in your life and mine. I'm calling us to a day of miracles. I'm calling us to a day of blessing. I'm calling us to a day where we will see light that will shine in the darkness. I love the story of a missionary that I read, and, and it's amazing. The story is this gentleman went into the jungle. When he left his home, he said goodbye to his family. He was so all in. He was so authentic. He was so sold out to God that he went and he purchased a coffin. He filled it full of all his earthly belongings, sealed it up, shipped it with himself to the jungles. There in the middle of that African jungle, in a place where the headhunters had, had decapitated every missionary before him. They pulled that coffin out of the trailer, out of the truck, to put in his tent. And all the villagers looked on and was just like, what is this guy's problem? And he warned them because he said, I'm not leaving. The only way I'm leaving is in this box. And I already bought it. I'm all in. I'm here to tell you about Jesus. And the man lived, and he lived, and he lived, and he brought the gospel to that little jungle. And there is, his name is Al, A.L. Milne. And on his epitaph, on his tombstone, the villagers wrote this inscription. It says, when he came to us, there was no light. When he left us, there was no darkness. All in. All in. Stand with me. We've had altar. We've had prayer. But I haven't asked you a very important question. I'm going to ask you right now. With every head bowed and every eye closed, would you, for a moment, consider with me where you are with Christ? Have you accepted him as your Lord and made him Lord of your life? Is he your savior? If you need Jesus, you need things right in your life this morning, you need a prayer that re re reconcil reconciliates you to him, that brings you back together with Christ, makes him Lord of your heart. If you need to pray that prayer, I wanna pray that with you before we leave today. Standing right where you are, an altar is made now at your seat. I would ask you simply, are you willing to pray with me that prayer for salvation? If you are, would you slip up your hand? God bless you. Anyone else? God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Amen. Thank God for you. You're why, we, you're why I got up this morning. You're why these folks came to church this morning. We don't come here for us. We come here for you. Anyone else? Just a few seconds. Several have lifted their hands. Things going to get right in their heart with Christ. They're going to leave here different than they came in. Is there anyone else who wants to be a part? Anyone at all? All right. God bless you, son. God bless you, ma'am. 
anyone else. Thank you so much. Heaven is getting ready to dance. All right, we're going to pray. Congregation is going to pray with you. But I want to tell you before we pray that right outside in the lobby, there's a discipleship booth there. You'll see it. It says, you know, discipleship on it, real big and clear. There'll be somebody standing there. They want to give you a Bible. They want to give you some information. They don't want to take anything from you. They just want to give you some resource. They want to help you to get established in your walk with Christ. Please go by and see them. Introduce yourself to them. They just want to look out for you. They just want to keep you in prayer and be there for you. If you have any questions, they want to help guide you. Please stop by there. Church, let's take them before the throne this morning together. I love this part. We get to walk them, Jamie, right up to the throne. And we get to do it together. Pray it like you never prayed it before. Pray this prayer with me. Dear Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins. I know you're the Son of God. You died on the cross for me. You rose from the dead. You purchased my salvation with your blood. I accept you as my Savior. I call you as my Lord. I ask you to strengthen me. Help me every day as I strive to live for you. In Jesus' name, according to your word, I have believed in my heart. I've now confessed with my mouth. So I'm saved. As good as anybody. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. I look so forward to seeing you tonight. Please be here and come. It's open from 6 to 8. You don't have to come right at 6. You know, you can come at 7, 7.30, 8. You can come anytime during that time. And we'll be happy to be here and help pray with you and your family. God bless you. God bless you all. Have a good day. We'll see you tonight.